Welcome to Navigating Change, everybody. My name is Pete Wright, and I am uh, sitting here with Howard Teibel of Teibel, Inc. Uh, uh, Howard, how are you today? Good. How are you, Pete? Well, I think I'm better than you. I, I hear that you are having weather that is causing people to make up new words, uh, like snowricane. <laughs> That's, it, it, That's it's a word close. that doesn't even exist in in our language. How are you? Are you okay? Are the is the city shut down there in Boston? Oh no no no! I'm looking. It's blue skies today. Uh, the other day though, I I uh, in Vermont. I'm sorry, in New Hampshire, we uh, the entire school system closed where I was doing a retreat, and uh, the whole thing was canceled. <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't pretty. It was a lot of rain and a tremendous amount of wind. Oh no! Well, we uh, we're out here in Oregon. This is usually our time of year to uh, to be battling ice storms, and uh, the city shuts down when the slightest flurries come by. So ice storms in the entire state goes into the dark, and uh, we have had you know sixty degrees blue skies for the last you know month. It seems like it's it, this is a bizarre trend we're having. It's almost as bizarre as what's going on in the uh, uh, with our economy right now, and I think we have some uh, an interesting question to take on and and uh, and, and jaw about to, for today's uh, show. Uh, to jump right in, how do you, uh, as an organizational leader and as an employee of a of an organization, how do you help yourself to achieve more inside your organization, to deliver business results, and to help others uh, to succeed in the organization? Uh, through an economic crisis. And, and the root of this is, is this economic crisis really a danger for you, or is there a way to see this as an opportunity, both for the organization and for the individual uh, team member? Uh, it's kind of a big question, right? But but I, I, I'm interested in how you can break this down uh, so that we can digest it and maybe give people some strategies for getting to the other side of whatever it is we're trying to live through here. That's a great way of teeing this up, Pete. Uh, it really is so interesting because th this conversation exists on multiple levels. There's the organizational level, there's the department level, there's the individual level. And ultimately, if I get in front of a group of people and we're having this conversation about danger or opportunity, what you discover is there is a cultural way uh, an organization moves through a change, but there's also even more powerfully, I think, and even has greater impact how the individual moves through it. And if you don't get down to the individual level, uh, you're not going to really be able to focus on what is the behaviors that have to change. So, for example, if you look at a situation upcoming, let's say that you're looking ahead and your potential layoffs or even layoffs have happened and you're not sure it's over with, or your job is changing and it hasn't been clarified how it's going to change. There's a tremendous amount of uncertainty about that. And everybody has a different way of dealing with it and a different capacity to deal with it. And what I can tell you from observation is those people who have the ability to look at what's in front of them and recognize that they have uncertainty in front of them and they don't have all the answers uh, and that it's okay and they'll figure it out as they go along. They have a better chance of getting through a crisis or a change than somebody who looks at it and their first reaction to it and they get stuck in here. Uh, this is a problem for me. Uh, and it shows up in so many different ways. You know, from a behavior standpoint, if if you're if you're somebody that's stuck in this place, this is bad. 
you're not going to necessarily be looking for opportunities. As a matter of fact, worst case scenario, what you're doing is you're looking for reasons why it is not going to work out for you. And, you know, we all know when we fall in that trap, we also know other, other people who fall into this where it's almost like victim, you know, becoming a victim. Now, I am not minimizing the challenges associated with being out in the world and, you know, maybe being with a job or, or a company for, or even a university for, you know, 10, 20 years. And all of a sudden you're faced with, you know, change or get out, or that's what it feels like. But this is really what's been coming. And I think the, 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 um, the worker of the future is going to have a stronger capacity to be able to deal with the uncertainty because of how quickly things are changing, even when you don't have a crisis. Every day is a crisis. I mean, think about your own work. I mean, don't you find that every day something comes up and you got to figure out how to navigate that? I think we're all dealing with that all the time. So, Howard, the, the issue that we have here is this, is this one of, of um, you know, how organizations are dealing with this time of crisis in their business. And there are usually three ways that they're that they're uh, uh, that they're taking on these economic challenges. The first one is cost cutting, obviously. So cost cuts hit departments. You can't uh, you don't have uh, the resources to do with what you uh, what your experience is. Uh, second one is hiring freezes or wage freezes. So addressing this at more of a personnel issue or a person personnel angle. And the third one is layoffs, the, the more widespread. We just don't have the resources to keep the staff that we had. How are you going to be able to deliver, uh, you know, in this uh, new, potentially new reality? So when you, uh, you know, in your experience, you have this this experience of going into organizations and, and counseling both managers and, you know, team members and staff. How do you counsel them on getting through this uncomfortable business uh, that everybody just simply has to has to buckle down and deal with. Well, there's no question that this is a unique time. Uh, I, I haven't experienced it in the 23 years I've been in business. I haven't experienced anything quite like this. But I can tell you also, I'm seeing sort of a, literally the two kinds of ways you can relate to it. I'm seeing people who are working in organizations now, large organizations, and they're saying, this is my opportunity to demonstrate in my group, given that uh, we're a smaller group, we have to be more lean. I want to show that I've got great value to the organization uh, going forward. And I can tell you from a management standpoint, the conversation is, this is the time to find the good people. Everybody knows there's a lot of people out there, good people who could be brought to an organization and, uh, you know, in, in a sense, it, you know, in the same way, like the real estate industry, it's a buyer's market for people who are running organizations. So there is a high demand for people who are motivated and who want to really make an impact in their organization. And management is looking for that. So when I say opportunity, I really mean this is the time more than ever to be able to stand out and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to actually raise the bar in terms of my participation. So that's on the individual side. On the management side, I think the things I'm, I'm telling them and, I, and I'm hearing is that they're either leading by example or they're not. And those who are leading by example by demonstrating what it means 
uh, in a sense, in the face of uncertainty, to be optimistic. Uh, they are getting people following them, exemplifying that attitude also. I'm also seeing people who are choosing not to be optimistic publicly because they're privately pessimistic as leaders or managers, presidents, vice presidents, it doesn't matter. And the impact of that is that it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're giving your people permission to buy into the negativity. And in my opinion, it's a choice. You make that choice if you're going to look at it as something to avoid, keep your head down, not get involved, not take a risk, or to say, this is the time to take a risk. Now, I'm saying calculate a risk. I'm not saying, you know, take a stupid risk. I'm saying do something that demonstrates both if you're a leader to your staff that this is where we're going. And in the face of all the challenges, I'm optimistic we're going to get there. And if you're a staff member, you're saying, I am going to do what I can to make an impact in this organization. That, to me, is looking at the work as an opportunity. This presents, I think, an interesting, uh, an interesting challenge for both sides of this discussion. Uh, from a, a staff perspective, when you are in, uh, you know, living in fear of losing your job uh, or being reorganized out, it is human nature almost to sort of be uh, more protectivist of your own sort of of your own lair of your own domain uh, and to to want to protect everything that you do uh, maybe at the expense of your own uh, long-term self-interest would you agree does that make sense yeah you know that, that, that that's perfect you know and, and the other place where I think this shows up that 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 counterintuitive behaviors think about investing you know it is it is almost counterintuitive to get it in your head that when the market is tanking, it's the time to buy, right? Right, right. You're, and, and often people end up, the masses end up buying in after it's truly an opportunity. As a staff member, you have a choice after you have the reactions. There's no taking away the first reaction to a change for most of us is, how is this going to affect me in a negative way? But once you recognize that and step back, what I'm suggesting is that I don't care what level you are in the organization, that the opportunity is to say, what's better for me and those around me? To come from this place of fear or to say, what can I do to get myself through this? How can I better myself through this? Uh, and, and that to me is a choice, you know, and, and I'll just, I'll even say that one of the things that, uh, was really inspiring to me is in some recent uh, book by uh, Dr. Uh, Zimmerman, and his book's called Pivot, and it's about one change in attitude and how that can literally affect how you approach everything in life. So I would encourage anybody to uh, who's who's interested in this question: Can you make that shift? You know, to look at some of his work. But in working with people through retreats, what I'm discovering is that there really is an opportunity at the end of a retreat i found that people are actually stepping back and say you know what given that there are things i have control over and there are things i don't have control over i'm going to make a choice to be 
optimistic or not be negative and be willing to see where that takes me. That small step is huge for for people who are sort of caught into in that in that fear of uh, fear of change. Well, and it also uh, it, it inspires some naturally positive, uh, you know, related uh, relationships too. I mean, part of what fear of change inspires is fear and cynicism about your management. Uh, and and I think it's it's probably safe to say that in times of layoffs, uh, you don't naturally trust the people you work for. Uh, it, would that be a fair assessment? You don't trust the people you work for. Well, you know what it is. There's a sense that your management knows something that they're not telling you. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. That, that that's exactly it. And and uh, and to be able to wake up and say I'm I'm you know I can take uh, take control of my own destiny here and be productive and contribute, sort of looks that issue right in the eye. And and I can tell you also having run a business for 23 years and the ups and downs associated with that, that I think that why it's particularly difficult is people who have been working for the same company for a long time and are used to being, you know, told this is what we want you to do. And in a sense, not having as much freedom to be able to run with the ball with something, but really have to be careful uh, about how they navigate that. I think this is a skill that takes time and you've got to be on some level patient with yourself that it's going to take time to shift your point of view to look at a challenge as something that is an opportunity versus look at it as a challenge as uh oh what's the very next thing that's going to happen but I can tell you from personal experience you can get there and there's great power in approaching it that way you know let's take on one more related issue before we wrap this up which is this idea of of what all of of what we've been talking about means in the context of professional development. What does professional development mean when you're when you're in this space and when you're you know when you you're trying to protect your your own role and and be productive and proactive about your future within or without an organization? Well, that's that's a really interesting point because you know one of the things that I've uh, said in these group events that I've been leading is that if there's if there's any if there's ever a time to step back and figure out where you need to go professionally or what you need to develop in yourself to take the next step in your career it's now and that it has some really interesting direct and residual benefits so one of the direct benefits obviously is that you're you're positioning yourself for that very next thing that the residual benefit, which I think is even more important, is that by focusing on, let's say, going back to school for something or taking on classes within your institution, it actually serves to put you focusing on something that is proactive and you're taking action versus sitting back and waiting for something to happen to you. I can tell you that people who make the choice to, to pursue professional development in, during this time, they're actually positioning themselves for the, the next opportunity that's going to show itself, while there's others who are, in a sense, that's outside their comfort zone. But without question, this is the window of time before the dust settles and people go back into sort of maybe new ways of working with your organization to figure out what do you need as an individual to take the next step. 
and it's out there. I can't tell you the number of organizations and uh, institutions that I work with where they offer professional development to their staff and the overwhelming number of people who don't take advantage of it. And there's a lot of good reasons for it, like time probably is the biggest one, but if you're interested in really making that next move, use now as the opportunity to focus on some positive action. It's only going to increase your self-confidence. There's this sort of corollary issue, which is, you know, as, as nimble and flexible as organizations are striving to be in this new economy, uh, really having staff that are as flexible and nimble in their own skill sets and what they can contribute to projects is, is uh, you know, probably something to keep on the radar screen, right? No question. Absolutely. This has been a great conversation, Howard. It's a great way to start off this uh, this podcast, and uh, I sure appreciate your time sitting down and, and hashing out this uh, this issue. At least uh, give us a starting point for an ongoing discussion of uh, of similar ilk that uh, listeners will find when they listen to the Navigating Change podcast. Would you agree? It is always a pleasure uh, talking with you, Pete, because you you get me thinking as much as I get you thinking. <laughs> Brilliant. Well. But much, much mutual appreciation all around. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Howard. Um, You're welcome. I, uh, this, is, uh, this is great. On behalf of Howard Teibel, my name is Pete Wright, and thank you uh, once again, listeners, for downloading this uh, episode of Navigating Change from Teibel, Inc. <laughs>